to SADCAST, stories, art, and design taken from No Fun City. I'm your brand new host, Becca Clarkson, and I have some very big shoes to fill. Thank you, Pam Rooney, for handing this project over and for giving me a creative platform to experiment with. This is an example of why I've been volunteering with SAD Magazine for eight years. I originally joined as a creative writing student shortly after dropping out of musical theater college because I had some really lucrative goals back in the day. And honestly, I was in it just to get some free tickets to shows. But when you enter a community that's just so inviting and collaborative and game to support your ideas, well, you don't really want to leave. So that's how we find ourselves here today. When I'm not working on sad magazine things, I'm a full-time writer and associate producer in a local newsroom, uh, which is also kind of sad if I'm being honest. The state of the world has been better, I hear. Um, But that's why I really enjoy the opportunity to speak to local creatives around Vancouver and just get that source of inspiration. There's so many creative people with great ideas in the city. And, as I'm sure you've noticed, there's also a lot of people with tattoos in this city. When we're talking about Canada, 40% of the population in 2018 had at least one tattoo. That's according to an advocacy group, Support Tattoos and Piercings at Work. At the moment, I have 16 tattoos, and honestly, no regrets. They're just timestamps of different stages of your life, and tattoos mean so many different things to different people. Whether they're tributes to the dead or the living, or images reminding you that you set and achieved a goal. I have a very silly meme of Bernie Sanders tattooed on my leg because I hated my job at the time and I wanted something to make me smile. I don't know, it was impulsive. But regardless of what they mean to you or if you even have any, for me, tattoos go back to what our bodies were designed for, creativity. Tattoos turn people into museums full of other people's artwork. I recently took a trip to New York And in the Guggenheim Museum, someone stopped me to ask about my nesting doll tattoo, which is actually by the next guest. My name is Justine Crawford, and my pronouns are she, her. She's a 27-year-old artist who did the tattoo on me in the summer of 2020, when BC was feeling pretty righteous about how we handled the first wave of the pandemic. I remember it was late summer, the day after my 29th birthday, and I turned my recorder on that night thinking I'd write a profile for Sad Magazine or something. Well, fast forward two years, past that snap election, yes, we're still in the pandemic, and here we are, Justine is one of the co-cover artists of Sad's 33rd issue, Wild. Plus, she designed a beer label for our launch party, which is happening on August 13th, and we really hope to see you there. So not only will you hear my conversation with Justine as she prepared to tattoo a nesting doll on me in 2020, you will also hear our 2022 interview inspired by her work with SAD and my desire to get another tattoo. My first tattoo was, uh, I have some lyrics here on my arm, which say cut and paste the stars and it's from a Dan Magan song. From we can cut and paste the stars to our hearts and understand. Um, this is when I was 17. I was obsessed with Dan Mangan, and uh, he like wrote it for me, like in his handwriting. So it's like when I first met Justine, she had bright orange hair, and I remember being very intimidated by how cool she was. She'd only been tattooing since about like fall of 2019. I first learned about her artwork through the prints she was selling at my local yoga studio. 
Shout out to Stretch in Chinatown. Justine describes her style as bold, graphical, and minimalistic. And it really caught my eye. Her illustrations were mainly black and white with some flashes of red or peachy pink. And most of them featured a girl and a soft cloud-like character with arms and legs. And Softboy is kind of like, he's kind of like a rock for the, the girl character that's supposed to be me. Like he, he's kind of like a support and like emphasizes that thing, like vulnerability is okay and stuff like that. So like, it's like kind of a reminder to myself. What you're hearing is the sound of her shaving different parts of my arm and putting on the transfer as we tried to decide where we were going to put my tattoo. Distracting a person while they're about to put something on you permanently is definitely an interesting interview technique. But without a microphone or recorder or article that's going to be written, a lot of people probably wouldn't open up to strangers about what their art means to them. It's it's a it's a way for me to both in 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 different mediums, uh, both like connect with my culture and like uh, my, my, my Chinese heritage, as well as um, express my vulnerability. I'd say those are like kind of the two things that I try to explore with my art. What's the process of going from graphic design to tattooing? Like, do you just get a gun and, and you're good to go or? In terms of tattooing, my, my friend Kyle, he's not a tattoo artist, but he was roommates with um, some tattoo artists like a few years ago. And they would just kind of all tattoo each other and they, he called it like the peanut gallery tattoo shop. He kind of like learned the procedures and like kind of how to keep it sterile and everything like that. Um, so although he's not like a professional tattoo artist, he did impart a lot of his knowledge onto me. and. Uh, yeah, I, I did a lot of practicing on him as well, so he was a very willing canvas. Ah, uh, trust. Where would we be without it? For Justine, it's how she found herself in Gastown, sharing a studio named Soft Hands with two other artists and working on new canvases. It's, it's actually quite strenuous as opposed to just putting a pen to paper. You do have to, have to kind of press quite hard and to make sure that the needle is going deep enough into the skin, but also you can't press too deeply. So in a sense, it is like drawing, but there's a lot of uh, external factors involved. You have to stretch the skin too. <laughs> kind of like hold, hold them down and stretch it as much as possible to, to get the line in there. So yeah, it's not as gentle as drawing on paper. And I also get so hungry after every tattoo. And approaching fall of 2020, in a year where so many of us had been isolated and really contemplating who we were and what we wanted to be, Justine was hungry for the life of an artist. I feel like I would like to, in the next few years, uh, transition to being able to sustain myself just with, with my art. Yeah, it's been just over one year that I've been a full-time artist, which is so cool to say. That's been a dream of mine since I was a little kid. Yes, we are in 2022, and Justine has moved into a bigger, brighter studio, this time in Chinatown, where at least 10 other tattoo artists work, all of whom are women, queer, or non-binary. Pretty much like every other day, I just stop and catch myself, and I'm like, whoa, like this, I'm, I'm living the dream. Like I wanted this for so long and little Justine like 
wanted to set up um I had I had like a my bedroom went out onto a balcony and I always dreamed that that little balcony was a an art studio and now I have a studio and it's it's really cool it's like a dream come true. We're in her studio alone on a Sunday when normally another artist would be working on making rugs with an incredibly loud gun. The rest of the folks in the studio are all tattoo artists either by hand poke or by machine and some are even doing a little bit of a combination. The average salary for a tattoo artist living in Vancouver is $37.70 per hour. It's about $13 higher than the national average. A lot of artists use this base salary to determine how much they'll charge for a piece. I think with some of my pieces, I'm a little bit faster. Um, so I don't want to charge an hourly rate and then not get paid fairly just because I'm fast. Mm. So that's something that we're discussing kind of as a collective in our space um and i'm like yo like you guys got to charge more for that because that's like a huge piece and just because you did it quickly doesn't mean that you shouldn't be paid fairly for for your artwork um so i think yeah it's a bit of a, a balance and because i am in this space like with other artists we're able to kind of like discuss like pricing and things like that which i think is pretty cool compared to some other fields that are very hush hush about how much people make or charge. An artist is defined as a person who practices any of the various creative arts. As an artist, Justine considers herself an illustrator above everything else. Despite tattooing being the the method that I'm I'm doing, I think that I care a little bit more about the illustrative aspect than I do the actual um, application. It's mainly like the design element that's the forefront for me. I love making something out of nothing, I suppose, and being able to bring a vision that is in my mind or someone else's mind um, from just a thought to actual a tangible form. I think that's extremely cool. A week in the life, um, I'm in the tattoo studio about three days a week usually, and I take about two to three appointments per day. And then all of the other days are spent emailing, designing, illustrating, and then working on some other projects that aren't tattoo related, like um, various illustration projects, working on, uh, or I just finished the cover for Sad Mag, the back cover. And I'd love to get more into kind of the editorial space. So I'd love to do more illustrations for magazines and and print material. Um, I think that would be really cool. But also with Sad Mag, um, I was able to design a beer label that's coming out soon too. Um, that's always been a dream of mine is to do kind of like product labeling, like beer and wine and, and things like that. We're so excited to have Justine involved in so many sad projects, one of them being a collaboration with another beer company on a sad sour that we will be serving up at our Wild Issue launch party. The beer has labels done by four different artists and you'll be able to see it if you come celebrate with us on August 13th at Tightrope Improv. It's on Main Street in Mount Pleasant, a neighborhood surrounded by murals. But if you wanna see a mural done by Justine, well, you'll have to head to commercial. Um, and that's going to be on the outside of Slice of Life, which is on Commercial and Venables. And yeah, it's my first mural ever. It's going to be a magpie flying with some peonies. Peonies are just a, a flower that are very popular in Chinese culture. And, and magpies are revered for their cleverness and stuff like that. So that's a way to kind of like 
pay homage without it being the center. There's a lot of artwork that I make that it's that is not related to Chinese culture, but then there's a lot that are. So I don't want to pigeonhole myself, and that's something that I was quite wary of, like at the beginning of starting craft art and and um, becoming an artist in general. Like I'm like, okay, great. I want to cultivate a style that's recognizable, but I don't want that to limit me as well. Her style is definitely recognizable to the point where I've been stopped on the street by strangers and asked, is that Justine Crawford? As they point at my tattoo. That name recognition is part word of mouth and a large part social media, which Justine has mixed emotions about. The stress that's just attached to being on Instagram and feeling like pressure to post and pressure to, uh, you know, beat the algorithm and things like that. I'm very grateful to have that I suppose, platform to connect with people that way. But sometimes you just want to be off. But it's hard to be off when it's also your job and your livelihood. According to the latest federal data, visual artists make up 0.12% of the entire Canadian workforce. More than half are self-employed, and they make about half of the national average income. So what those numbers tell us is that working as a full-time visual artist is not common, is not easy, and it's not particularly lucrative. But Justine believes that her upbringing made her well-suited to succeed. I think from, from a very young age, like, especially growing up with a Chinese mother, like, it was really, like, hard work was really instilled into me. And so was um, saving money. <laughs> so it's kind of, um, it was kind of an unhealthy amount of regulation that I put upon myself from a very young age like I was quite restrictive when it came to like how much fun I'd allow myself to have or like how much money I'd allow myself to spend but I think that restraint unfortunately but also fortunately was able to set me up to succeed in a field like this because I have such a mindset of saving and like working really hard I'm able to yeah, do something that might not necessarily be as on paper lucrative as another sort of career. It's not good, but I guess it's a bit of like the grind and hustle culture. The scarcity mindset causes me to, um, you know, book as much as I can as I possibly, you know, while, while I can do it. So I tend to pack the schedule in. So I suppose I am a, my own worst enemy in terms of taking rest time so that's something that i have to work on i'm a bit of a a hard ass on myself like even if i need a break i um often don't allow myself to have it if i've already scheduled things in it's hard for me to retract something when i've already agreed to doing it or reschedule someone when they're already booked in i have a very hard time doing that unless it's like an actual emergency or like an illness or something like that i I'm trying to get better at that though. Like that's that's a big thing for me is I often pack in too much because I want to do so many fun things, but there's just not enough time in the day. Those internal struggles of self-criticism and trying to find a balance between work and play are actually welcome compared to the struggles that Justine was facing last year. You may be familiar with the pandemic and the great resignation it set off as people reflected on life in isolation. Yeah, I think it, it was definitely a big catalyst for change and self-reflection. Last February 2021 was probably the darkest period that I've had in a long time. I was like, I don't know if I'll ever be happy again. Like for, for months, I 
found joy in like absolutely nothing like it just wasn't happening it was just such a low depressive period and that was a big period of flux that was like right before i was about to leave my my nine to five job um i was going through kind of a, a tough relationship time at that point um i was leaving the place that i had lived for four years and embarking on a a new living adventure and it was like all the kind of major life elements were up in the air at that point and it was extremely stressful to not know what was coming next especially as someone who loves to plan and loves to organize to have all of these things like kind of be out of my control i'm so grateful that i was kind of forced to go through those experiences um and i mean i, I moved in with some of my closest friends because I was living alone before and the pandemic was so isolating so I wouldn't have necessarily had that experience and had that opportunity to live with them had it not been so dire and isolating. Being self-employed and, and taking control of, of that, uh, it's 180'd completely. Like I, I used to always channel um, kind of emotional heartbreak and hurt in some of the art that I made and now um, I'm feeling like exuberance and effervescence and I think that is translating in what I'm choosing to make now. Um, the first show that I did, my first solo show was at Slice of Life and that was last August. It was more serious and somber in tone I suppose, um, very related to my family, very um, related to Chinese heritage and also grief and wanting to pay homage to my grandpa but this last show that i just did um it was called draw de vive so it was like a pun on joie de vivre it was really about like happiness and springtime and just wanting to express like the the joy in life really there's a lot of space for joy in justine's work and part of that was carved out through the support of her family I'm very grateful that um, as strict as my mom was growing up, like she is very supportive of what I do now. It was a big, I suppose, argument when I told her that I wanted to start doing this. And then again, when I told her that I wanted to leave my nine to five and she was, she's just scared of my, she just wants me to be stable and she doesn't want me to um, have to worry about money and things like that. As I mentioned before, like I'm a pretty like organized set person, and um, once I was able to kind of show her my plan, she was like, "Okay, like you have thought about this. You don't just like jump into things willy nilly without knowing that you have some sort of footing." And I was also trying to emphasize that like I could just get another nine to five job if I needed to. Like if this doesn't succeed, it's okay. There's other jobs in the world. I don't have to stick at the same one. So now that she can see me flourishing in um, being self-employed, she's, she's very proud of me. And it's really cool that all of my Chinese side of the family are very artistic people. As much as they hate me getting tattoos, they are quite, um, quite impressed that I've been able to, to take the leap because in their generation, it was kind of unheard of to, to be an artist or totally self-employed. The grass always being greener on the other side, there are aspects of Justine's nine to five that she does miss. I think I miss weekends, I suppose, or like having having a set uh, couple of days that are my weekend that no work will occur on. Although I, I did do a lot of freelance stuff while I was doing the nine to five as well. So they also kind of didn't exist back then. But um, 
I think if I were to go back to a nine to five, I'd love to have that kind of separation um, because you know what they say, like you do something you love and you'll never work a day in your life, but you'll actually work every single day because it is your life. And um, I think that's something that I would like to um, appreciate more if I did have a nine to five. In the meantime, Justine really appreciates the people she gets to work with and interact with through her job. In our space and like a lot of private studios, they've cultivated such like a safe environment for so many female artists and so many queer artists. And like, I think it's really cool how I get to meet a whole bunch of different people that are in fields that I would have never even known existed really. Because I, yeah, I, I, I love to try to get get as much knowledge of the world as I possibly can, even if it's not knowledge that I hold myself. I love to um, hang out with people that have different skill sets and see how their mind works in a different way to mine. I'm always pleasantly surprised by how similar different professions are to the one that I find myself in now. One of the things I love most about journalism is the access it gives me to new information through different people and the opportunity to speak with them and try to understand how their mind works differently than mine. And as a customer who has gotten a lot of tattoos, I always really love having an artist who wants to be a part of the experience. After spending over 10 hours with Justine, I got to learn a lot about her and vice versa. And it really seems like this is her year. I'm just like extremely excited. Like I've this is kind of random, I suppose, but I've always wanted to be 27. Like ever since I was in high school, I was like 27 sounds like the coolest age to be because I feel like I'm old enough to have kind of gotten over the little hump in of the early 20s of being awkward and figuring myself out. And now I just turned 27 last month and pretty much all of the elements that I dreamed of when I was a kid are here. If you want to find Justine on the internet, she goes by the handle Justine Crawfart because a little flatulence fun never hurt anyone. And after you find Justine, go ahead and search for Jonah Ocean, the musician who you are about to hear. He's a Vancouver-based alternative electronic artist, and after refining his skills working as a session musician for the past decade, he's going solo, another transition to full-time art. His new EP was birthed from the experience of quitting his day job as a teacher, and Demons is the first single he's released from his new album, Swimming. I am so smitten with this song. I've heard the version you're about to hear, and also an acoustic version when he put on a show on Second Floor Gastown recently, so I highly recommend seeing him perform in person if you're able to. And with that, here is Demons.
Yeah.